0: Hey moms, this is Dorenda Wilson. Welcome to the podcast. I am really grateful that you're here today. And if you're a new listener, you might not know me. So real quickly, I'm married to Daryl and we've been married for almost 30 years. We've got eight kids, uh, 28 down to 14, five boys, three girls, and six grandkids. But one of my favorite things to do is to encourage moms. And often. I will uh, try to tackle a topic that is particularly difficult because um, I think it's just important for us to go head to head, toe -to to toe with some of those things in life that can be a little frightening. And today is one of those days I'm going to be tackling the very difficult topic of pornography. But I am not doing it alone. Our almost 19 year old son, Sam is here with me to share his story in hopes that it will be an encouragement to you. So you might want to hit the pause button and grab your kids, maybe your preteen, teen teen kids, and listen as we walk through this podcast. Um, And I say kids as opposed to just boys because although the pornography problem tends to be linked to boys and they tend to have more of a problem than girls, there are many girls' Who are struggling with it now as well. And I think a lot of that has to do with the internet and our um, immediate access to, to things like this. Um, but there are, you know, topics it seems like that the church seems to avoid. And uh, this is probably at the top of the list. Um, but it's becoming increasingly rampant in the church, which I find interesting because to me that is just evidence of the enemy really trying to get a foothold. And by talking about it and tackling it uh, through the truths of Scripture and our walk with the Lord, um, I think we're going to have some serious um, some serious victory. Honestly, so I want to share a few statistics with you. Um, I was kind of going through the internet and went to some study groups that I. Are I know are reliable. The Barna Group is one of those. And here are some of the statistics that I came across. Um, Seventy-six percent of eighteen to twenty-four year old Christians actively seek out porn. Do you hear that? That is almost eight out of ten. So for every ten Christians that you line up, seven to eight of them are actively seeking out porn. Okay. Only 7% of pastors say that they have a program in their church to help those who are struggling. Wow. But get this, 57% of pastors, 64% of youth pastors in the U.S. struggle with porn addiction. Those are some pretty lopsided statistics and frightening Statistics, You know, the enemy clearly has a strong foothold in this area. And even though the statistics are frightening and we need to pay attention to them, we also need to remember that we serve a powerful, awesome, loving God who loves to take what Satan means for evil and use it for good. That's why he's called the Redeemer, because he takes those things and he redeems them. It means that he makes them new. So as a mom, I can tell you that um, I'm really thankful that this is true in my own son's life. Um, Sam is courageously sharing his story today because he has a strong desire to help other young people who have been tempted or will be tempted and those who are deep into this struggle. So let me preface this by saying that I did not coerce him into doing this. (laughs) Um, The story actually went like this. I've had moms write to me off and on. Um, and even that I think takes courage to just, to just go ahead and write somebody about pornography. But these moms have written to me asking my advice on how to keep their boys from pornography. One in particular, um, is a family friend and, um, her children are all very, very young yet, but she knows what a problem this is. And she's anticipating that, um, that you know, it's something she's going to have to really be proactive about. Uh, she grew up in a family of all girls, so she's really trying to be, um, like I said, just proactive about um, understanding what might work the best, how she should approach this with her kids, and start with her kids and starting at a very young age. And I love that she's uh, seeking out that wisdom, but. So I've had this happen, and these as these moms have shared with me and asked me for advice, um, and it, it's something that we have dealt with. But I wasn't sure that I was qualified to answer the questions, and I certainly didn't want to coerce, um, you know, Sam or you know any of our other boys if they've had problems with it, um, into doing this with me because I feel like that actually didn't even come to my mind. I didn't even, uh, you know, occur to me to ask for that. But it was interesting because um, we were having a conversation. I was just, uh, we were just sitting in the living room talking about lots of things. And then I just mentioned to Sam about these letters that I've gotten from these moms and, and wasn't sure how to address it. And he immediately said, I'll do a podcast. I'll share my story. And I was really taken aback because I thought, wow, that takes a lot of courage to do. And so we actually prayed about it first because we really wanted to be sure that God was calling us to do that. Because when you go out there, you are making yourself vulnerable, raw, of being very transparent with people. I and mean, we talked about anybody can listen to this podcast, grandparents, cousins, anybody. And I said, I want you to pray about it and think about it and, and just get back to me. I understand if you change your mind. And so I prayed about it. He prayed about it and he came back to me. He's like, no, I need to do this because, um, because it's the right thing to do, you know, and because I believe that it can help other people. And uh, and I think he really felt strongly that, you know, just seeing that victory in his own life was something that he wanted to share with other people. And, you know, sometimes God asks us to do hard things. And so he's stepping up to the plate and doing the hard thing. But as a family um, or as a mom, it, you know, like I said, it's something we've, we have dealt with in our family. And um, I felt like we prayed over it we were aware of it, of the, of the potential and we handled it the best we could at the time. And I just have to trust that God was sovereign over all of it, you know? Um, well at the same time, you know, I've gotten more hindsight and I've gotten feedback from, uh, especially from Sam. Um, so that's given me a little clearer picture than I had when I was, um, you know, when the kids were younger. Um, but We have to understand, moms, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. We know that we're born sinful and our kids are born sinful. And even if they're um, walking in some kind of relationship with the Lord, that doesn't make any of us immune to sin and sometimes deep sin. And I think this is one of those um, one of those situations. So um, I'm going to with, no, long, with uh, no further ado, I'm going to introduce Sam to you all. Sam, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I just so appreciate your courage and in wanting to share. And um, so let's just kind of walk through your story a little bit, because I think it's, that's always the most powerful thing is when someone just tells their story. So tell me, when was your first exposure to pornography? Um, my first
1: exposure was kind of <clears throat> it was just kind of like little moments like in actually more like tv shows and stuff mm-hmm. you know that and you did a pretty good job of like saying everybody close your eyes or throwing pillows at people and, <laughs> you know giving us ways to block yeah because you out. know
0: those scenes they sneak up on you sometimes they you do. can be watching a show that's normally fine and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden bam something's yeah, there and, Yeah.
1: and so from that i just kind of got almost this like oh i like that you know like for, right. for some weird reason like you know Almost like a it buzz in a way. It your
0: curiosity yeah, it a little did. bit, yeah. yeah.
1: And so um uh, that was like the first exposure, but that I mean, I didn't really start like actively seeking
0: it out until a lot later. A little, a little yeah. bit later, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that yeah. in 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 just a minute. Yeah. So, so so it started with that. Now, I mean, I know the temptation here is for a mom to just be completely paranoid. Now, you know, like what if? they're exposed to that little bit and unexpectedly. What <laughs> what should she do? I mean, should should she freak out that that's gonna eventually bring her son into pornography? I mean
1: No. No. I, I don't think so, just because and with every with every guy it's different with every girl, you know, right. even with girls it's Because right, it but, didn't happen
0: with all of our kids. No. no. Um, um, um
1: but and, and their mindset about it and stuff is different. But it just affects it affects people in different ways. Right. right. And you can't you can't expect yourself to automatically have that even though You know, you talk about moms having that you know natural instinct. Yeah. Um, you can't always know what's going through your kid's mind. Right. You know. Right. And I would say if you went to the lengths to try to control that, it would look really bad. You know, they wouldn't have any freedom.
0: Right, and I think that actually might backfire. Yeah. Because they're saying, "What are you? What? What's this? I thought this seemed interesting, and now mom's not letting me. You know." So I'm
1: gonna do it anyway behind her back. Yeah, and it just
0: becomes almost like a. Goal. Yeah. Some kids, not all kids, but yeah. you know, again, it's just it is. It comes back to listening to the Lord and also understanding that our kids' hearts are going to be bent towards certain things. And the fact that um your story goes the way it goes, I really believe God was sovereign over your life mm-hmm. and and he's actually taken this thing and he's used it for good. And we're gonna talk about that more mm-hmm. in just a minute. But mm-hmm. so uh back to that idea of the first exposure of pornography. Um I think for some kids, it it comes from curiosity about what the other sex looks like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and this is why as parents, we need to be talking with our kids about a vast array of topics and cued into their interests and their curiosities. Um, and don't be afraid to talk about those things. I think showing them anatomical pictures of the human body that include um, the whole body instead of just focusing on one part, mm-hmm. like all of these pieces work together. Right. And and so right. then there's not this magnifying glass right. on the personal parts and making a huge deal out of that, but instead seeing the body as a whole. And I think that is, that is really a perspective that I think God wants us and our kids to have on the human body. He created it. It's a beautiful, pleasing creation to him. And sex is meant For our pleasure, it's meant for good. It's meant for blessing, but only within the confines of marriage. Mm -hmm. And so, just even continue having a continuing conversation about that. And I used to call it when our kids were really young, just i I'd call it a special kind of love that's only supposed to happen between a man and a wife. And then I would explain that a lot of people, especially people who aren't Christians, but even some Christians, try to they they try to have that love outside of marriage. And, and it's mm-hmm. not healthy and it ends up causing grief and problems. Mm-hmm. And so those are things we can talk to them right. about. Yeah. Um, but the world wants to paint a very distorted view of sex. And, um, but like I said, God created as a gift, something to be enjoyed within, in his boundaries within marriage. And, um, I can testify to that with my husband and myself, you know, we, um, we were both virgins when we got married and even then back in 1989 that was unusual and uh my husband would get teased sometimes um that you know how do you how do you know that you know that she's gonna be good for you or good in that area if you don't try her out first like like you're test driving a car or something and my husband would tell them how will i know the difference (laughs) And it's true. I mean, really, that's what happened. You know, you get married and it is what it is. And, you know, it's with that person. You're not comparing with other people. So there's all kinds of blessings and benefits that come to waiting um, and waiting and doing this um, in in the way that God has ordained us to do it. So, okay, so you had this first exposure to pornography. And what was, um, we kind of talked about what your response was. Mm -hmm. Um, to it at that point. Now, w- what happened after that? Um, was it a while yeah, down the road? It yeah. so was like
1: probably, you know, three, four years of just the, the little stuff. You know? Right, right. And then actually, when I got like a social media and stuff, like actually it was Instagram that was the, the main thing for right, me. Right. Um, but.
0: So, okay, so moms are going to be, how old were you when that happened? 15?
1: Yeah. 14?
0: 15 or 14. I think it was. You're almost 19. No, yeah. No, I want to say it was like 14. 14. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So let's stop right there because instant mom mode is, okay, they're not, they're not getting an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they might be interpreting this as, okay, my 14-year-old should not have an Instagram account. What do you have to say to that? I mean, I don't think any 14-year-old should have an Instagram <laughs> okay. account,
1: which is, I mean, I don't know. I just.
0: Did you have a phone at 14. I, did. I had a tablet at 14, okay. I think. I yeah, I, I, I mean, we didn't yeah. really, we weren't really about, you guys couldn't have phones until you could afford to buy them. I think it was them. an iPod. Yeah, I think it was an iPod at 14. Wasn't that just some music? It oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and
0: there you have it, folks. Clearly, I did not know what was going on here. <laughs> so, uh, so there's that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So that happened. And then it just automatically tends to show, I really think they, they target yeah. when they know it's a young person and especially a young man, yeah. they target ads and different things towards oh, that. Yeah. And again, had I been a little more acutely aware, I could have had more of those conversations with you about that. So, um, yeah, see, there you go. So, um, We're just kind of throwing this story out there. And um, what I'm hoping is that as moms um, and parents, we won't uh, take an extreme either way, Mm -hmm. but that we will ask the Lord to show us what is right for our family. God can give you instinct and wisdom to know exactly how to handle this topic with each of your particular kids so I don't want you to listen to this and all of a sudden become fearful because that's what the enemy wants he wants us to go down that fear road so we're not going to let that happen so I'm going to just stop that right now um because because I just know how I would respond okay so we just can't do this we can't do that I tried really hard not to not to do that over the years but um because anytime we respond out of fear it just never goes well right and that's
1: kind of one thing that honestly made me like come back and lift for later. I'll come back right. and tell you was because you weren't on me all the time. Right. And I knew that because of that, you loved me. You know? Because right. the same with thing with God. Like, he, he lets us choose to do things. Right. And because he wants us to ultimately put him in
0: life, right. you know? And he and, knows us and he knows what we need to walk through. Right. In order to... to you know kind of press back into him to turn back to him. Yeah. And I really think God used this in your life to do oh, yeah. that. And so I look at that and I go, yeah, there's this mom part of me that kind of wishes I would have been a little more proactive. I I felt like I was pretty proactive. I did pray a lot. Um tried to be aware, but you know, there's always lots going on when you're mm-hmm. a busy mom and you're homeschooling and all of that. So, um so all that to say, I think ultimately God is using it for your good and for his glory. But Um, But how we respond as a parent does make a huge difference as to whether or not our kids will feel safe Mm -hmm. sharing it with us. Yeah, exactly. And, um, okay, so when did you begin to actively seek it out? It was when I got
1: my, it was probably when I was 14 when I got my Instagram account because that was always there. You know, I could always go and look at that Like. And basis. I
0: was not on Instagram right. until like just recently, right. so would, I wasn't super familiar with it till a couple of years ago. Right.
1: And you would go and look at my search history. I do remember that. Okay. And so I made it a point to not be on Google or anything like that because you can go look at right. my history. Right. But at the time, Instagram didn't have anything like that where right. you could go and look at all the history. I think it does now. Okay. But um, back then it was like, okay, so it, it it's stuff that... I can see, but nobody else knows that I'm seeing. Right. You know,
0: and that's where the enemy gets his, his little, you know, just, Mm -hmm. he just gets a grip and he gets a foothold. Um, and, and, uh, the thing is, I think that there are a lot more, um, safety things available to us as parents now that we can, um, utilize. And I honestly don't know all of them because, um, because we're kind of, getting past that that stage of the game but um definitely there's that co- there's Covenant Eyes that's been around for quite a while but i know that there's some <clears throat> some just not even christian organizations but just parental that show you you everything your kid is on whenever yeah. they're on it yeah. and you know where you're just going to get notified all the time um so there's there's those options as well but let's get back to your story so you began to seek it out and when you started to seek it out did you feel any conviction yes yes okay and what did you do with that
1: conviction well because it started started small Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it was a little amount of conviction
0: and more like of a I don't know because it was like one little thing at a time it was a little amount of conviction but it wasn't an
1: overwhelming amount of conviction so I was like okay so this is fine right but um in my heart I, I knew all along that it wasn't a
0: good thing to be doing. But you just basically ignored it. Right? I ignored it. Yes. Okay. I did. okay. So we're speaking this out right now. If if you're a youngster, um youngster. <laughs> that was an old way to say it. Sorry. If you're a young person so I know <laughs> Stop. I'm trying not to be old, but okay, so um if you're a young person out there and you're even just beginning to just dabble in this, we just want to give you a very, very, very uh, strong warning against Mm -hmm. that and just really encourage you now is the time to listen to that and because pornography has a very addictive nature to it and Mm -hmm. we we don't often talk about that piece of it but there is a very addictive part of it it's a lot like a drug and so when you're dabbling in pornography you are essentially dabbling in a drug and i and you're probably listening and saying, "I would never do drugs," but this is akin to that in a different mm-hmm. way, and this what ma- this is what makes it so deceitful, yeah. and so easy to fall into. Uh, the enemy makes it easy, and then he gets his hooks in us, and it's very very hard to break loose. And so, um, so you ignored that, and then it became did it become more frequent? Yes, yes, yes. okay,
1: yes. yeah. It went from a uh, two two days a week thing to uh,
0: every day, you know. Mm-hmm every day struggle every, every day struggle okay so when did you actually okay so when you were in the thick of it um did it change how you viewed women
1: um yes it did um be, and that's kind of the hard thing for me to <laughs> that's one of the hard harder questions to mm. answer but yes it did i mean like whenever i was just like hanging out with friends or you know i found it really hard to just focus on. That's my friend, you know, right. like, and nothing else, like, right. because it it makes your mind think that, especially if you're doing it daily. Like, it makes your mind just be in that pattern right. of because just thinking that way. It
0: becomes hardwired, is yes, what happens. Yes. Now we you know need to look for it in exactly in people around you, and we know two things: we know that science shows that our brains can be rewired. So when we say hardwired, that doesn't mean permanent. It means Mm -hmm. it's a it burns a pathway that you will have to work hard to change. And the second thing that we know, and this is actually the most important thing, is that God is the one who can bring that the most um, thoroughly and deeply and permanently. Mm -hmm. Um, He is a healer and he is a redeemer, and so um, just understand that. Um, it becomes harder and harder and harder to do that. It will be a much bigger battle the longer you are steeped in it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean there is no hope. If you've been mm-hmm. doing this forever and ever, you do not need to despair because God is a God of forgiveness and he is a God of redemption. And so this whole idea of how it changes, how you view women, um, One, uh, I heard one young man tell me, that it made it harder to talk to girls and women because you tend to be undressing them in your mind and it makes you feel awkward. So then you're socially awkward with girls, which is already a challenge when you're in your teen years. And so you're making it actually harder for yourself to be able to learn to be more confident around the opposite sex. If you are engaging in this kind of activity. And so give yourself a leg up, you know, and, um, and more confidence by getting away from this. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and I would totally agree with that. It just makes you more, you know, awkward and stuff because you just don't, you don't want to be doing it. You right. just want to have a conversation with them, but
0: it, it almost becomes like a little demon in kind your head, kind you know, of, yeah, just where it, it just feels like go away, go away, go away, but you can't get it to go right. away. Yeah. Um, well, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, Ultimately, like we said, God can change all of that. Um, But that's a really strong indicator that it's time to do something. You know, and hopefully you do something before then. But if you're to that point, um, this is this is God talking to you. Really, this is His redirection for you. You're you're having these struggles, and um, God is trying to get your attention, Mm -hmm. saying, "Don't do this anymore. This is not good for you. It's not because He wants to take away our fun. Mm -hmm. It's because He loves us and He knows what we're really going to enjoy." And that's not it. Right. True peace, true enjoyment comes by having peace in our hearts that we're not walking in sin and we're not, you know, doing these things in our minds. So when did you realize that uh, pornography was a serious problem
1: for you? Oh, I think it was just like when I would, you know, when I was around people right. and also just kind of, I think that was one of the things that really pushed over the edges when I, when I started because mm-hmm. I got my job and it was like the first month or whatever. And I interacted with a lot of people. Right. Like a lot of people. Right. And so, I think that was like two years ago. So, um, and it was very hard for me to focus because like that was sort of just a daily struggle. Right. It was really, right. It was really rough for me. Right. Um, and so I knew that I couldn't keep going on like
0: that. Mm-hmm. And I knew that
1: that was evil in the heart. Thinking right. that, You know, and right. I didn't want that to always be there. Right. So,
0: well, it's interesting that you say that because I'm to stop you for just a minute because um, part of our story is that when all of this was happening, um we were as a family going through a lot of life changes. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of things that were in upheaval during that time, which I think um, kind of it lent itself to me being a little less connected mm-hmm. than I would normally have been as a mom because there was there were so many changes going on in our life when we moved a couple times and then we moved across the country. It was like three moves in two years. And the last one was, you know, 2,500 miles and all that goes on with that. And, um, and yet moms, I really have to look back and say, God was sovereign over that. He knew he's weaving this all together. And, um, and, and so then it kind of came to that point a couple of years ago. And I remember, well, when you looked at me and said, I need to talk to you. And I knew something was wrong. And I almost within a split second knew what it was. And you said, come with me. And I went to his bedroom with him. And we closed the door and he just told me everything. And um I could see the pain, but also the relief, you know, it just being able to get that load off of your shoulders that you had been carrying for so long.
1: Well, and it was because I trusted you, and I think this is a good thing to bring up, because if you, you can't just tell anybody that, you know, right. you have to trust the person enough to be able to unload on them, and right. have them not take advantage of you, or judge you,
0: or or
1: react, or react strongly, yes. you were, you reacted very well to it, you didn't, you didn't freak out, or be like, oh my gosh, what do you mean, you know, you, right. you were very calm about it, and which made it easier for me to tell you the full story, right. and not just a little blip of it, you know. Right. So I, I think I probably would have just told you a little bit
0: of it and then kept struggling. Maybe if right. you weren't, if you didn't react in the way you did. Okay. So. Yeah, and and I appreciate that because I knew it's it's really strange because, um, whenever our kids have come to us with something, you know, a, a sin burden or whatever that has is loading them down, and because you're not the only one who's come to us, um, I just it's been interesting because. It's like the Holy Spirit is just immediately there to keep my nerves super calm. And so that is totally God, you know, his grace. And and also just kind of knowing that what would I want in that situation? If I was going to unload my deepest, darkest secrets, I would want to know that the person that I'm talking to is safe is not going to freak out is not going to because even um, even if we react and apologize later that initial reaction has an impact mm-hmm. you know and and I just felt like it was like the Holy Spirit was telling me you know like God is doing something here God is moving and I didn't want to get in the way of that you know I wanted because it's a work He has to do like I'm there for a part of it but really it's you and God. You know, needing yeah. to to go through this, and I play part of that, but mm-hmm. so do other people. You well, know? and I'll just
1: add, like you know, after I told you that and stuff, like it wasn't like you were busting my memory, like what you know, what right. you know, are you doing? you know, right? <laughs> what are you looking
0: at? Well, and know? I think part of our conversation was, I said, "How can I help you?" Yeah, and you said, and then I even asked, "How could I have helped you more?" <laughs> you know, that what would have helped you not get to this point? And he just said, "I wish you would have." Asked me more often, yes. and and I think that was an interesting response because I always felt like I wanted our boys. Well, I, I specifically say boys because you know it tends to be a problem with boys. But I wanted um, I wanted our kids to to know that I trusted them, but at the same time walk that line of not trusting the enemy, you know. And so I I I didn't want to be too like harping on this because the problem is that if we put um a micro or a microscope on it all the time and we make it so much of life about that particular topic it becomes almost like um a yeah. burden a law um a fear we're and fearful of
1: falling unable, reverse psychology yeah. unable to avoid it because you're so busy focused on avoiding yes
0: it. yes and the point yeah, and that's not the point of it. The point of it is it's a sin, like many other sins. Um, it does have the addictive quality and can be um very, very insidious and um can wreck marriages and you know has some serious ramifications. But um if we make everything about that, then all of a sudden, like you said you can't like have a normal life because everything's about that. So we have to sort of walk that line of talking about it enough, but not too much. And so really it's just listening to the Holy Spirit. So that was something um, that I think was probably a conversation would have been good to have earlier (laughs) where I would have said, okay, I really don't want to, I really want to, I want you to know that this is a temptation for young men. Um, So If this ever becomes an issue for you, you know, or I want to say it could because it could for anybody, how, what would be the best way? Let's come up with a plan together.
1: Yeah. How, yeah. Yeah.
0: How we can help keep you from this. And so how we can protect you from this. So, um. So that's something that you might might even be able to after this podcast um, have a conversation with your kids. Like this is a real thing, you guys. Give them the statistic. Tell them what's really going on, you know, uh, with pornography and how rampant it is. And um, and we're not saying we don't trust our kids, but we don't trust the enemy. Right. And we're all uh, vulnerable. We're not immune to mm-hmm. it. Um, and so we just need to have that honest, ongoing conversation with our kids okay so let me just say
1: just one more thing just to add um another reason when i figured out like that i I need to help was when i um i first like met my future girlfriend it wasn't my girlfriend at the time right um because it was like this light came on it was like this will destroy Mm -hmm. anything that you think that you know
0: you can help with this now yeah yes Mm -hmm. yeah It's interesting. And God knows, he knows what will motivate us. (laughs) Well, I know that you had uh, noticed her and you, you stayed back for a very long time and prayed a lot. And I think this was kind of part of that. Mm -hmm. You've also been very, very honest with her about your struggles. And she is part, she is one of the people that keeps you accountable. Oh yeah, Right. Yeah, And she's one of those
1: people that reacted in a good way. When I told her that
0: I had struggled with those
1: things, you know, and that's, what you need to surround yourself with. That's
0: a gift. Yeah. That is a gift. That, 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 that is one of the things I think that really um, is an indicator that, you know, she's the one for you, you know? (laughs) And so, um, but yeah, that whole idea of finding someone safe that you can talk to, because I know we have all had experiences where we've gone and tried to be transparent with someone in the body of christ and we have gotten a horrible response and you know the enemy uses that to keep us from being transparent we want accountability but it's got to be with the people with people who will um who you can trust who will point you back to the word over and over and over again who will pray for you consistently who will ask you regularly what's going on in your life and and not react Right. You know, but respond um by the leading of the Holy Spirit. So maybe the first person you talk to doesn't end up being that person and you're going, holy cow, I never want to do that again. Don't be afraid. Don't let the enemy keep you from finding the right person to help you with this. Um, so you realized it was a serious problem, you tried to stop on your own, that didn't go well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of those things, this is this is part of the addictive nature of pornography, is you've got to have help. Right to get out of it. Um, so, um, so you realize you needed help. We talked about that. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I want to get across is again, that we cannot do it by ourselves, that we need each other and we need God because it's the power of God. That work in our hearts that brings transformation, that brings redemption, that changes how we think. Um, The scripture says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind.
1: Yeah. And I think in in that regard, I can't take any credit for,
0: you know, overcoming that. I think that Except a- that you cooperated.
1: Yeah, that's true. I can take the credit there. <laughs> uh, Yeah, You can say
0: but, you were obedient, yeah. you listened, yes. you did what he called you to do, and even today you're doing the hard thing by sharing it yes. in hopes that someone else will avoid it. Right. I mean, maybe some of you can avoid it completely. Others who are dabbling will get out of it sooner. Those mm-hmm. of you who are in the depths of it will find help and get out of it. Because, yeah. you guys, it makes a difference. Because... um so what would you say to young people who have been exposed to it, but aren't yet seeking it out?
1: <clears throat> I would say steer clear. Mm-hmm. Um, Run for
0: your life. What turn is the steering
1: wheel. <laughs> yes, the, there's
0: a chapter in the New Testament where um, an, an apostle is writing to a younger man, and he specifically says, flee youthful temptations. And obviously this isn't a temptation that's just for the youth, but nope. the youth are being targeted. Oh, yeah. By uh, social media, Instagram, and this is an interesting thing too, is that we've got to train our kids to handle that. Because eventually, if we just always shield them from it and never expose them to it, and never have conversations about it, and don't go head to head, toe to toe with it, lovingly but truthfully, um, they're going to be so vulnerable when they get out into the world. Well,
1: and I would say for moms and even dads, you know, dads out there, it's important because the years that you like have your kids in your home with you. They're developing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're developing right. patterns. They're developing um, habits, Habits. Mm-hmm. everything like that. So the things that you, you know, make, the habits that you make sure that they leave the house with when they get old and stuff is right. m- way more important than you think because that will affect them for the rest of their life.
0: Right. That's right. And that's the other thing that I think is really insidious and just makes me so angry is how the enemy... Um, really tries to get in there and get a foothold while our kids' minds and bodies are developing. Yeah. To me, that is just incredibly unfair. But, of course, he doesn't give a royal rip no, how unfair it is. But we as that was people, a good way to put it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to put it in a different way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, you know, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He That's when he goes for it is when we're the most vulnerable. And so we as parents need to be diligent and proactive, but we need to be te- a team yes. with our teenagers. It can't be us against them. It has to be us working together for the good of our kids. Um, because, you know, even dabbling in it, um, it may seem harmless, but this is exactly how the enemy gets a foothold. It seems like it's not hurting anyone else, but the truth is that left unchecked, it will impact your future spouse mm-hmm. in more ways than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing: um, I've talked to women whose husbands have been caught up in pornography either before they were married or for the first part of their marriages, and it it nearly wrecked their marriages. Mm-hmm. And these were good, godly couples who yeah. love the Lord. <clears throat> um, that's just how insidious this is. But yeah. again, God is more powerful. Oh yeah. But it's up to us to. Um, connect with him and and with his power and let that work in our lives. So when you're tempted, this is something that I I thought of as I was going over these notes and I really felt like it was the Lord. When you are tempted to participate in pornography, I want you to stop and pray for your future spouse instead. That's good. That's a good idea. Because I really believe that that can be a way that we take what Satan means for evil, um, that God uses it, um, to to uh, to do you know what Satan means for evil God uses it for good. let the temptation become a means of prayer. let that be your redirection. So that temptation so train yourself so that every time you're tempted you're going to pray for your spouse and actually like
1: and actually pray like don't just do this. Uh, oh oh gosh, you know, I'm gonna do a right. quick prayer. So that, no, you need to Yeah, like it's in, like it's to, a little self help thing. Right. Mean what you're saying. Mean yeah. what you're praying. To actually
0: about about actually think about that person. Actually think about that person, yes, mm-hmm. and how that
1: would affect them. Because this is what something that um Kay Marie, my girlfriend was telling me. Um mm-hmm. um she said that, you know, when she was younger she would stop and she would pray for her. I don't know how I think she's like thirteen. No, not thirteen, sorry, like sixteen. Mm-hmm. And she stopped and she just prayed about her future you know, like that he was safe, right. That, you know, um, he was, you know, actively seeking out God and everything like that. Right. Right. And I thought that was really cool. And I didn't really think about it, about doing that when I was younger. I was like, that's a really good, like, (laughs) you're really, you're a good person. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's
0: very, uh, it it shows a lot of foresight. It does. And really thinking about the future and having a vision for the future. And I think that's what young people need to have is have a vision for your future, your future spouse, your future family, Um, I remember there were times that I was just doing something else. And all of a sudden, I would just have this strong urge to pray for my husband. And I was a teenager and I didn't even know who he was, you know, and it would just be it was always for his safety. Well, I found out later, he's got a bit of a lead foot. Oh yeah. And there were a few, he still does. He's almost 59. (laughs) He's got a lead foot. And there were a couple of um, situations that he told me about once we met where he could have easily lost his life. And I just was so curious to know if those dates coincided. I can't help but think that God was speaking to my heart. So be thinking about that future spouse, be thinking about that future with that person. Even if you don't know who they are, um, be praying for them, you know, and again, let this temptation use this, 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 place of temptation to be a jumping off place for prayer yeah. for your future. And that's spouse. not gonna
1: come natural, especially to guys.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> I feel like um, the
1: girl I feel like the girls, it's more We're
0: a little more relational. Right. Yeah. And so that this is just something that maybe, you know, maybe even some of the girls haven't thought of, but guys, yeah. you can do it too. Yeah. So what are you gonna say to people who have been sucked in, feel alone and embarrassed, um, like there's no hope? Um, well, I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, I
1: I did go through that and three years is, it was, it was close to three years. Yeah. So, you know, that's a long time to be dabbling in that without, right. you know, so I would basically just say, it's not hopeless. You're not alone. You There's know. like you read in the beginning of that, there is, what was it? 76% Yeah. Um, of Christian men, Christian, Christian, Christian young, people, young people, 18
0: that, to 24 that,
1: that struggle with that. So I would say you're definitely not alone but i would also say that what well, you need to tell somebody right you need to, you need some accountability and you also need to pray right and you need to ask the lord what what you know he wants you to do about right. that i mean obviously it's his command not
0: to Right, but how how that's gonna look for you, what are the steps you personally need to take? Is as I think what you're saying. You wanna ask that like we know the principle that we're working towards, and that is to not do this anymore. But what steps do I personally need to take? Lord, lead me in that. Show me what is what it is that I need to do. But it does start obviously with connecting with God Mm, in in prayer in a very real way. Like be honest with him. Yes. Just gut level honest. He can handle it. Yeah. Like he's God, he can shoulder anything, and he already knows all of it. Right. But there is cleansing that comes with confession, yes, not only to God, but also to someone that you can be accountable with. And I think as we all become a little more transparent about this, and we are transparent for the reason of. Um, growing in our walk with the Lord, not just wallowing in the temptation and how hard it is, but moving forward and growing stronger in the Lord through this struggle. And we encourage each other to do the same thing. But I think as we begin to do that, more people will come into our lives who struggle with it. And we can uh, begin to maybe even have a group that gets together and holds each other up in prayer and holds each other accountable. These, yeah. these are great. This would be so fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And I was missing that,
1: that, that person, you know, right. To tell, or, right. you know, for, to hold me accountable. Like it may not be the same for everybody, but for me, that's what I was missing, right. you know, because it was, I knew that God knew and I knew that he wanted me to, you know, to confess it.
0: Right. But not just
1: confess it to him. Right. In my heart. Right. But confess it to somebody.
0: Yes, because the scripture says um, that we're to confess our sins one to another. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It, it, the scripture talks about that, and that's about. Um, it's basically to set us free. Right. You know, there's a, there's an accountability because there.
1: God knows that He's that he, well. God uses people to to work in your right? life. What and does so. it say?
0: I'm trying to I'm trying to remember it. Uh, confess your sins one to another, and pray for one another. Um, that you may be healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's, that's the verse, you know, and that's how God brings healing in our lives. Okay. So the enemy, I mean, if you're there in that place of despair, the enemy wants us to buckle under the weight of condemnation. And it is most effective when we're alone, when we feel alone, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I'm going to read a scripture from James five thirteen to 19. Are, um, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. I don't think it's out of line to ask the elders of your church to pray for you over this. If you feel like it's a really, really strong, because it's a, it is kind of a sickness to a certain degree. It would qualify under that, that God wants to heal. So And then it goes on to say that verse that I just mentioned, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again and the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. That shows the power of prayer. Then it goes on to talk about, um, in this same passage, it says, my brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. And I think that's something that we're trying to do right here today. Mm -hmm. Um, We are um, working to um, hopefully speak the truth and restore someone who might be wandering and wandering specifically down this road. But God made us to live in community with each other, to be the body of Christ to each other. And our culture is so fragmented, so polarized, and it's the complete opposite of what God has for the church. He wants us to live in unity and in community together. And this is part of what that looks like is being accountable to one another and praying for each other. We just really have to get over ourselves and our pride and humbly accept God's forgiveness and accountability to people that we can trust. It's hard, but God honors humility. He honors it. Um, So what would you say to parents who have young kids or teens and want to help their boys or girls steer clear with this?
1: Um, I would say just to
0: ask more Mm -hmm. often, just Mm
1: -hmm. not just, just kind of an ongoing conversation, just kind of not just like, so you're not looking at porn, are you, you know, but
0: but to actually go to them
1: and be like, how are you doing? Right. Like, you know, have you been reading your Bible? you know, have you been praying? Have you been, you know, not just.
0: Are you, are, are you dealing with any temptations? How can I pray yeah. for yeah, you? Exactly. Just you know, know. How can I help you?
1: Right. To not put all the focus on pornography, but to put more of the focus on establishing that relationship with your kid.
0: Right. And you can even um, do that yourself. As, as a parent, I've done this with my kids. I've gone to them and we've had this conversation and I've been like, well, these are the areas I'm struggling in. Could you pray for me? So there's this ongoing accountability between us and this praying for each other. And this is teaching our kids how to be the body of Christ to each other, because this is what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And yet, how often do we actually have those conversations with other Christians? Like never, unless you're in a small group or in a setting that is um, intentionally doing this, it's not going to happen. It's not Mm going to probably happen on a Sunday morning at church. So we've got to find that tribe, those people that we can do that with. Um, but again, uh, you we were just answering the question about helping our kids steer clear of it. Um, I want to just quickly uh, go back to that resisting that temptation to either never talk about it or ma- make it a major Focus. Um again, the enemy wants to lead us in one ditch or the other. He doesn't care which one it is, right? Right. Yeah, it's an even balance. (laughs) Right. It's walking that road where um there's that ongoing conversation. Um, so in my own story, you know, I wanted our kids to feel like we trusted them. So, like I said, we didn't talk about all the time, but we didn't avoid the subject. Um, I just think probably it should have happened more often. I'm not sure how we could have done things differently, but Sam in particular, you know, he's expressed earlier, um how he wishes we would have asked more often. And it is, I think it's like you said, it's how you ask.
1: Yes, it exactly. is. That makes
0: all the difference in the world. Um, and, you know, I think had I asked more often, I would have gotten an honest answer because you're a really bad liar. When asked Seek directly, you're not a good, you're not a good liar. This is a good
1: thing. I don't lie.
0: But that could have really worked in my benefit if I would yeah. have asked a little more frequently, <laughs> and your benefit. Yeah,
1: but then I might have seen it as you taking advantage of me. Yeah, true. Not a lie. That's so. true.
0: You never know. You just never know. We just have to trust God. You know. Yeah. Um, and and just continue to listen to the Lord's voice and pray over our kids. Um, there've been lots of times along the way when I've been nudged to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. So the, it's not like that never happened. It's just, like I said, I, I think it could have maybe been a little more proactive. Right.
1: And I think that, you know, when you do, cause you asked me a couple times and
0: I think, I think I
1: only like really lied about it once.
0: Really? Like, and I didn't catch it and you didn't catch it, Ugh. but <laughs> mom fail. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no,
1: but it was more like just avoiding that topic in general for me. Right. Like, that is what I did. You know, I didn't, like, I didn't want to lie about it. So you I just, just didn't say
0: anything about right, it. Right. You know? Right. So. Got it. Yeah. But had we made it more of a topic, it would have been really hard to do that. Oh, yeah.
1: For me. <laughs> for especially. you. Especially. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So... We've kind of shared Sam's story and my perspective as a mom. And, you know, we can't really give you a formula per se, but I'm going to just make a few suggestions based on our conversation and recent things that I've learned in hindsight. Um, I would say that in the early years, because a lot of us use computers, our kids use computers for their schoolwork and they have access to the internet. Um, I would use a strong filter in the early years just to keep exposure limited, and hopefully eliminated but in this world that's pretty tough to do um, whenever I noticed that our kids noticed the pictures on the front of a stupid magazine in the in the in the line at the grocery store ew gross <laughs> I would always just watch their faces yeah and I would see how, if, I could almost tell if they were taking it in or not. Right, and at and one then, point in time, you had eight
1: faces you needed to watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't look at all of <laughs> them. Right.
0: But I tried to notice that, and then I would sort of like... Feel around when we got in the car yeah did you see those magazines and, the, and sometimes they didn't even notice it and other times there there was they did notice something i said what do you think about that picture and you know i get them to talk about it so it's not like we didn't have these conversations but that's something to bear in mind too as you think your kids you know walk through the mall victoria's secrets hello it's right there you know ah, larger than life you know look at the
1: floor i know <laughs> as our
0: daughter said there's uh the, what did she say? Uh, Victoria's secrets isn't very secret. Yeah. Victoria's (laughs) secret
1: isn't secret anymore.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, um, but anyway, so I would say, you know, as much as possible, um, really use a strong filter. This is, um, one of the great things about homeschooling Mm -hmm. is you, you have the ability to do that more readily. Um, and to just use a strong filter in the early years. Um, and then I would say like in the early teens, maybe even preteen, depending on the, the kid, Covenant Eyes, that's a that's a real big, what it's going to do is just notify you if they go someplace that is even remotely questionable. You know, I, I know men who are, are doing this and they're accountable to their wives and they've gotten in trouble and the site was not wasn't what it looked like it was. So there's that piece of it, but that can be super helpful. And then I, you know, I don't know. Tell me what you think about this, Sam around 16 ish. I would remove the filter and give them the opportunity to earn the trust completely 100% you know up to that point if you've not really had problems or you feel like they're ready for it take that filter off because it's better for them to be exposed and to deal with it at that point in the game before they're out of your house when you can still have an ongoing conversation and accountability about it and sort of continue to establish good habits take that filter off and let them know that you're trusting them yeah you know and uh and keep those conversations like what we talked about earlier yes that's actually
1: probably when you should start especially just kind of amping them up a little bit you know as far as oh just more
0: frequently yes yeah Yeah. okay got it yeah that makes sense if you're going to remove the filter then we're going to talk about a little more often Um, that's how this is going to go but the bottom line is it's all about the heart only god knows our kids' hearts through and through and only he can bring the changes that are needed so if you have struggled in this area please know that god's forgiveness is full and complete. He stands ready and willing to forgive anytime. But not only that, he redeems. We've talked a lot about this in this podcast. He makes all things new. We have to trust in him to forgive the past and not allow the enemy to keep us under the weight of condemnation. That's exactly where he wants us. He wants us trapped there. Romans 8 says this, so now there is no condemnation. Okay, I want to preface this by saying this comes right on the heels of Paul talking about his own very personal and very real struggle with sin, very real struggle with sin. And he goes on to say this, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But that's not us, you guys. As Christians, we are not controlled by our sinful nature. We are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, your spirit gives you life. The spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Therefore, because of all of this, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the spirit, power of the spirit, you put to death, the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You hear the victory in that? If you know Christ, the Spirit of God lives in you. And that Spirit, that power is so strong. It's the same strength of, uh, that raised Jesus from the dead. Okay, so think about the kind of power it takes to raise someone from the dead. That power lives in us if we know Christ. And this is why we do not have to let the sinful nature um, take over and have control. So the last piece of this passage says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. We are slaves, you guys, and we are living in secret sin. That is not God's best for us. He loves us. We are his children, and he wants us to walk in the freedom that he has for us. And I just want to add to that. If you doubt that you know God, that you have a relationship with him, and you've never actually taken the time to give your life to him, I want to encourage you to do that today because that is, um, that is really the only way we ever have full peace, and we ever have victory in our lives, is because of Jesus. And so, I just want to encourage you in that. Sam, thank you for being here with me today. And um, we're going to pray really quickly um, over everybody because um, I'm just so thankful we could talk about this today. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your. Deep love for us. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you have good for us, Lord. Your plans for us are good and not for evil, to give us a a purpose and to give us hope. Lord, I just pray that today, everyone who is listening, Lord, would sense that hope and would be and would that you would cast a vision in our hearts and minds of the ways that we need to yield to you and not allow our sinful nature to control us, Lord, especially in this area of pornography, Lord. I speak against that spirit and against the power of that in Jesus' name, that anybody listening would be loosed in the name of Jesus and that you would bring healing and redemption. Lord, we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen.